And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And you know, uh, today's program, in a manner of speaking, is going to the dogs. But that's a good thing. Because today we're going to be talking with someone who is going to share with us her insights, her intuitive insights, actually. Uh, her name is Heather Lee Strom. And Heather Lee, I thank you so much for joining us on the program to share with us your book, K-9 Spirit Guides. That's the letter K, the number nine, Spirit Guides. We'll get into all of that, but it's great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Richard, for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to this. I um, grew up not having dogs in my life. And uh, when I got older and with my first wife, she had guide dogs. And I swore that when I saw her coming down the gangplank with her first black lab guide dog named Yora, Y-O-R-A, what a great name, Yora Dog. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm not getting close to that dog. I am not going to, because I know what's going to happen in 10 or 11 years or 12 or whatever. The dog is going to die. And I don't want to go through that. I, I, I'm, I'm not a real fan of, of drama. Okay. <laughs> Not a real fan, but I don't know anybody who really is. Well, I take that back. If you go to see scary movies, there are people who love that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, you, you go ahead, you go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and yet with my first wife, I got close to that dog. And then her second dog was Janine. I believe it was. Um, my second wife had a pack of four si uh, Siberian Huskies who were runners. They, they pulled a sled, uh, uh, sled dogs, I guess you'd say. But it was not snow. I don't know that it was snow. It was more uh, uh, land, dirt, sand, what have you. Um, but since those four dogs and since they've passed and I was there for all four of them, uh, then we've had, uh, let's see, one, two, three more. Currently, we have one. His name is Angus Big Black King Shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred pounds used yeah. to jump up on the bed, but he's going to be eleven. Wow. Wow. He'll be eleven this December twenty second. So he doesn't have quite the energy or strength to push himself up. Now he still acts like a puppy sometimes. Mm -hmm. All right, and I don't think that most dogs who still maintain their energy, um, they I don't think they lose that. Talk to us about, um this whole aspect of, of, of canine guides, can you tell us uh, canine spirit guides, I guess this is the word we're looking for, but when you say spirit, that's kind of a generic term. Is there a more defining term here that we want to use? Yeah. These are the intergalactic version of our dogs. So they connect to humanity through our dogs. But the canine spirit guides are separate in a manner of speaking from the canine essence, if you will, that inhabits the dog body, right? Yes. yes. They are not the spirit of the dog themselves. Okay. They are organizing their efforts along with the dog, the canine, which is why they call themselves canine spirit guides. So, you know, humanity has, we have our own spirit guides as most people accept and believe. Well, these are essentially the spirit guides of dogs, but they're not here for the dog. They're here for humanity. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. 
So if they're here for humanity, uh, what are they here? Are they, uh, are they guiding us through the information that they transmit? And in this case, through you, you consider, do you consider yourself a channel? Yes, I am their channel. I'm their spokesperson. So they only speak to me. And it's this is a role that I've played in many lifetimes. And I'm just learning about. i just remembering. Um, and that's why I have this relationship with them. Mm-hmm. But they come here and they offer services to help humanity heal. So sometimes they um, will just sort of psychically nudge you through your dog. Other times they're, they're much more active behind the scenes, orchestrating connections or events in your life, and you're not really aware of it. So your dog seems to be just a sleepy companion laying on the bed, <laughs> but his spirit guide is hard at work trying to get all these little dots to line up mm-hmm. to get you to the train on time, basically. Ah. Now, is this uh, are these spirit guides working with the essence of dogs who have passed on exclusively or of those dogs who are even here with us? They don't, well, they don't really work like with a, a, a dog that's passed on. They're just, they're like the dogs that are here in our physical lives are like the vehicle for these guides, but you don't have to have a dog and you don't have to like a dog in order to actually work with these canine spirit guides. Oh. 75% of my clients don't even have dogs. So their, their number one goal is to help humanity heal. They chose to connect with us through the dogs because of how we connect so open heartedly with Mm -hmm. dogs. And so that makes, that gives a really big opening for them to be in our space and to be accepted and welcomed. So they're kind of capitalizing on how we love our dogs. Now, I am not going to take advantage of the opportunity here to um, uh, have you connect in whatever way to the guides, spirit guides that are connected with, whether it's Angus or or anybody, any other animal. But what I do want to ask you about is uh, the preparation that you, is there a specific kind of preparation that you have to go through in order to connect or does it just, it just comes through when it comes through and you don't really have any control over that? Well, they, they send messages to me constantly. It's, they're, they're always talking to me. But when I'm working with them on behalf of someone else, yes, I have a, a procedure that I follow so that I make sure the connection is clean and clear and that I'm getting the appropriate connection, the appropriate messages for the appropriate person. And then um, I, what I do before I work with someone is I connect with their energy and then while I'm in their energy, I also connect with the canine spirit guides and I obtain a sort of download, which is a list of wisdom or insights or answers to your questions that you, you've you been asking yourself recently because they know these things I don't. And then when I meet with a client, the first thing I do is discuss what I've, the download I've received. And also I um, discuss which guide is going to be working with them during the healing session right here and right now, because it depends on what your needs are as far as which guide is going to be working with you. And then we do a healing session where I channel in that guide's energy and that guide will work with the client energetically and make adjustments or help them remove blockages or dissolve contracts or vows or ancestral patterning or karma, whatever it may be. 
Um, and sometimes they'll give them energetic upgrades and it, 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 the sky's the limit. I've never had them do the same thing twice. So each time I work with them, they show me something else that they're capable of. Can you share with us what the, the, the rules or the protocol is or are in regards to uh, this, this accessing or receiving, I say a better way to put it, receiving uh, the download? Rules? What do you mean? Like, um, uh, well, I have to have the person's permission. Okay. Um, and I, I, because I come from a medical background, I've been a physical therapist for 30 years. I want to make sure everything is clean and clear. So I make sure my space is completely clear and cleansed. My energy is cleansed before I'm going to combine my energy with someone else. Mm -hmm. Because to me, that that's psychic hygiene. That's very important. So I'm not going to do it while I'm in the middle of the shopping center or driving my car where I'm just kind of barely thinking about it. I'm really focused in on it. Um, I do a procedure for myself to make sure I'm clean and clear and I'm not taking my baggage into mm -hmm. the space. And, um, and then I just have to have their permission. And sometimes even after I have their permission, I still have to kind of knock really loudly because some people have really strong um, guards around their energy field for good reason. Um, and so I have to kind of show my pass <laughs> to mm. get past the guarding. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's really the only, and, and they have to be willing to receive this information. Mm -hmm truly willing because sometimes i'll read for people and they're really not that open to it and so um i'll get in further instructions from the guide that something else needs to happen before this session can move forward so you don't just offer it up it has to be something that someone wants to hear yeah. for that very reason yeah and obviously in this situation because of the time of day that we are uh, having this conversation and you're three hours ahead of me um we're not going there because i know first of all you probably have not done the preparation which again <laughs> it makes sense i mean you're not here to do that you're here to to have a conversation with me about the book that you've written and, and the information that you have received the book in particular, which is called K nine, the, the number, the letter K yeah. The number K, the letter nine, the letter K and the number nine spirit guides. That's the title of the book. K nine spirit guides. Uh, you can find that at Amazon and so forth. Her website is Heather Lee Strom.com. That's H E A T H E R L E I G H strom.com that's one of the rare times i got through the whole thing without messing it up and i'm so happy um you can find out more now if someone were to pick up this book is this something that you want to read um from cover to cover or would you flip through it maybe going to the table of contents or the index uh, to find a particular i don't know subject that you wanted to maybe get some kind of guidance or answer for for that's a great question. The guides were very specific that you need to read it from start to finish the first time you read it. The, the book is encoded with frequency. So you need to get allow your system to get used to the frequency because the frequency at, um, revs up as you go through the book. Um, and it gets much more intense as you go through. So until you're familiar with it, you don't want to be um, jumping around because you're going to get a jolt if, if you don't ease yourself into it. Um, so it is important that you read it from the beginning to the end. 
And each guide has their own section. Each guide has their own frequency, their own tools, their own energy that they share through the book and as we work with them. So each section is going to feel a little bit different. Each section reads a little bit differently and contains different types of stories based mm -hmm. on the type of guide that is in that section. So there is sort of a protocol, especially when it comes to the book. Uh, yeah. Folks, I just want to let you know that uh, she has worked uh, with the human body since 1989 uh, as a massage therapist, uh, then a physical therapist in uh, 94, and then both up until uh, 2022. 2018, you uh, added, um, what is this, functional medicine to your repertoire. You have spent uh, most of your career caring for uh, patients, your patients, uh, with effective and innovative hands-on techniques in your own private practice. has How long has this uh, connection with the uh, canine spirit guides been around? And has that been something that has facilitated or been used in any way, shape, or form when you are with your patients or you have, when you have been with your patients? Um, yes, to some extent, but the patients who come to see me for their bodies are not people who are necessarily interested in spiritual work. So a couple of them will venture into the spiritual realm with me um, just to kind of see what it's like. But since they are accustomed to me working on their physical body, they don't want me to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> they just want that because that's what they know me to be good at. So, so um, most of them are not going to make the transition to full on spiritual when I actually close my practice for good and do only the spiritual portion of it. My first wife um, was, was trained. She actually went to school in Phoenix to become a massage therapist and um, I never really received uh, very many of them, which is a disappointment on the one hand, but I certainly understood why. Uh, and I know how valuable that can be. So yeah. let me ask you this. What about, because I've heard about this, um, massage therapy, if you want to use that word, for, in this case, for canines. Well, there is such a thing, yeah. And there's physical therapy for canines too. But that's not something that you have delved into. No, yeah. that, that's a specialty. You've got to know the anatomy of the canines. And I have my head full with human anatomy. So <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to throw that in there too. <laughs> I, I understand. I'm curious as to how many dogs you have. I've had 30 over this brief life of mine so far, but right now I just have one. I'm retired. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm retired from dogs. I only have one. <laughs> well, I still remember when uh, I met my uh, my first, my second wife and found out she had four Siberian Huskies, and um, they were all very playful. A matter of fact, um, they got I got my comeuppance from them on more than one occasion. <laughs> um, there was uh, one afternoon I was using uh, yeah I was using lime away to clean off. The uh, the the French doors on the outside of the slobber from one of them who used to jump up and try to, and say, hey, I want inside. I want inside. And these were outdoor dogs. So they had mm -hmm. a, a wonderful run and a doghouse and everything. And uh, there I am doing all of this and hosing it off and cleaning it off. And I had them in the run. And I thought I was finished. And then the phone rang. So I went in to answer. 
I came out and they had knocked over the diluted lime away and they were licking it off the ground. And I mean, all of this stuff. And immediately I grabbed the bottle and I called the, the number on the back. And I said, I just uh, had a situation. I explained what I just said to you. And they said, okay, what you want to do is you want to give them all, maybe uh, get their bowls and give them each a big, a big helping of milk. It'll help to, you know, reduce any effects. So I did that, hung up and I did that. And then I started thinking about it. Wait a minute. I've been using the hose and water. And it, I mean, this has been really, really diluted. I mean, it's not like they were drinking it right out of the bottle. So I called the woman back and I explained that to her. And she says, oh, well, in that case, you probably didn't need to give them the milk. They probably would have been just fine. <laughs> so, so each one of them had a wonderful time drinking up because I used on the four of them, I used a whole gallon of milk. All right. Oh, between, my gosh. Yeah. Between the four of them. Uh, and so they had, they had gotten me, uh, in that regard. So it's like, okay, I'm going to have to watch out for the four of these guys. In any event, that's kind of what dogs will do. You know, they, they, they learn what they can get away with. Yeah. I was in the backyard when we moved to Santa Barbara playing with one of our other dogs. His name was Connor. He was a, uh, he was a, uh, shepherd chow mix with the curly tail, you know? Yeah. And I was out there running around with he and my other dog, Makushla, who was a white uh, shepherd, uh, shepherd husky mix, all white with a pink nose, right? Yeah. And while I'm running around the yard, all of the sudden, Connor comes up from behind me and literally and intentionally knocks my right leg right out from under me. And I landed flat on my back, yeah. knocked the wind out of me. I couldn't get angry with him. He was playing. He thought, hey, this, this is the play. We're going to just have some fun. Uh, yeah. Is 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 there uh, any kind of information in these downloads, as you have described them, that offers us insights into, in some cases, why? Uh, well, I guess that's I, 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 based upon what you've already said, that this wouldn't be information as to why a dog does what it does. Uh, I've learned that that's one of the things that we have to learn. We don't try to tell them what to do, per se, although there's training, I know. It's more when they're doing things that we'd rather they not do. It's not get them to stop doing that. It's why are they doing that? I need to understand why they're doing that. They have archetypes. Yeah. Are, are you familiar with Carolyn Mays' work? Are I am very much so. Yes, I am very much so. The canines have their own archetypes, only their archetypes are not about them. They're about us. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I Very got that cool. download about I don't know three months ago. That was what can you what can you share with us about those archetypes? Um, so you have the destroyer, you know, the one that destroys the house. <laughs> yeah. Um, and usually it's a message around um, where you're not standing up for yourself, where you're not standing your ground. For you, mm. for for the owner, not not the dog. Mm -hmm. Dog is bringing that energy to you, the message to you, so you'll look at it. Wow. Or the, or the dog that that won't shut up. Um, <laughs> won't won't stop. Keeps barking. Yeah, yeah, and and wakes all the neighbors in the middle of the night. Um, you know that dog sharing an archetype about using your own voice, speaking up for yourself, speaking mm -hmm. your truth. Um, so yeah, 
there's there's definite messages in the dog's behavior and it's all about us it's not it's not usually about the dog now i have to i have to qualify that because some of these dogs are new souls as well as some people can be new souls some of the dogs are new souls and mm-hmm. so they're they're not very they're not very familiar with being a dog on earth and so they can be raw dog <laughs> like just an animal just mm-hmm. being there so their their spiritual self will not come through so strongly because they're freaking out because they're a dog <laughs> so right. they're behaving like a dog so sometimes you just get the dog behavior it just depends on the dog so some dogs are more um, just like people, they're more old souls. And you really can tell those dogs because they kind of look right through you when they look at you. Oh, um, yeah. So, and the younger dogs are kind of just so- sometimes out to lunch or sometimes really scared because they're like, I'm not sure about being here. I don't know. I don't know who I am. Kind of just like people are. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes that is just the dog. That's just the raw dog coming through. There's other times when there's a, a higher purpose message that's being channeled through the dog. So there's the two different types of scenarios. And I'm not a dog um, communicator normally. Sometimes they'll talk to me, but I don't guarantee it. Um, so I I usually don't help with the dog park part. What I'm helping with is the healing that the canine spirit guide is is offering that person, the client that's found their way to me, someone who's like looking for their higher self, who's looking for their true purpose in life, who's trying to figure out how to get out of this repeated loop of trauma and pain and, and bad memories and low self-esteem. You know, those are the people that, that are really drawn to the book based on my stories in the book. Cause that's where I was before mm-hmm. the canines healed me. So, so you do have both scenarios. Talk to us about your healing uh, through this, uh, that that's fascinating. Yeah, it, I tell you, I've not had the best life, but you know, I've not had the worst life either. And I know people have had it worse than me, but when you read my book, you just go, whoa. And I mean, my husband read the book and he was like, whoa. And I read the book (laughs) and I'm like, whoa. I mean, when you put it all down, because as you're going through a tough life, you're you're just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. So you don't always understand how tough it is. You just know you're trying to find the next step. And um, so my life is very, was very convoluted. It's a very dramatic story, but it's also a story of survival because I survived on my own. I have never had a support system. But one thing I did throughout this whole process was I constantly searched for answers. I constantly searched for help. Psychological um, appointments, you know, therapists didn't help me. I tried seminars, workshops, you know, all the self-help books. I've tried everything to heal my own trauma and pain and nothing worked. It would help for a little bit. And then I was right back in the loop again Mm. and I could not figure it out. Um, And so I got to the point where I just hated life. I didn't like being on the planet. All I saw was all the negative things on the, on earth and all the negative people. And I'm like, why am I here? I don't even want to be here. Mm. And, um, and not that I was, thinking of committing suicide or anything, I just was like, I'm going to go home. You know, I don't want to, <laughs> this is no fun. 
Um, so I just got to the point where like, is this it? Is this all that life is going to be? I'm just, and and then COVID hits, right? I mean, how, how much worse can it get? Right. So it was during COVID that I received this, this obvious sign and I'm not going to give it away because it's in the book Mm -hmm. and it's, it was a profound event that I guarantee you has happened to nobody else on this planet because it's one of the most unique things that I could have ever experienced. And when it happened, I kind of went, everything lit up and I went, huh, something big is coming. And I just had that sense. So that was during lockdown in 2020 and things started to move for me. And I got more and more interested in finding solutions. There's gotta be a way And I eventually found myself to some mentors. And about that time, beginning of 2022, I'm told I'm going to write a book and it's going to be done by the end of the year. And I'm like, what? I don't (laughs) write books. I'm not an author. What are you talking about? And what the heck am I supposed to write about? Well, nobody would tell me. So I had this dream one night and my guides were working with me, my spirit guides, and we were all in meetings and talking about this book. And they kept saying this one phrase over and over again. So I reached over next to my bed, scribbled these words down, never opened my eyes and went back to sleep. Woke up the next morning, barely remembered that, opened my journal. And the three words were canine spirit guides. Hmm. And so then I knew what I was going to write about for the first time, dogs. But Hmm. I didn't know the whole essence of the book. I just thought I was writing these really cool stories about the, some of my dogs I've had 10 of my dogs. And as I wrote the book, I also um, began a meditation process to try and connect with the essence of the book. And as I did that, the canine guides started to work with me and they started to heal me and bring up all of these very deeply buried. um, They call them tags, you know, feelings about myself. Um, lies I tell myself, I'm not worthy. I'm I'm constantly betrayed. I'm not loved. You know, all these things that we tell ourselves, they, they brought them up and they healed them instantly. Each time they healed a part of me, I could hear them more. And then eventually I could see them. And eventually they're just downloading chapters in the book instead of one or two words. And I thought that the whole point of this was so I could write a really cool book. But it was after the book uh, published at the end of 2022, I finally realized the book isn't isn't the message. It's the healing that they used on me while I was writing the book. That's the message. And that's when I discovered I was going to be using this healing on my clients to help them heal. And that blew me away because I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, it's interesting because. There are a lot of things that happen to us in our lives that we disconnect from. We say, I didn't know that that's just innocuous. That's uh, that's something that's obscure. It's the yeah. doesn't really mean anything. Uh, it's not connected to anything else, and we don't realize. And and I've often thought in terms of, for example, uh, the different jobs that I've done over my uh, over my career or, or just my working career, which was actually when I was eight uh, in in eighth grade, I started uh, delivering newspapers as a paper boy, and I did that all the way through high school. Well, what in the Sam Hill does that have to do with broadcasting? It actually had more to do with it than anything else. I worked for a photography, uh, a film processing company. Uh, Photomark was the name of it in Phoenix. What does that have to do with? And so on and so on. And I can look at them with hindsight and say, oh, that makes perfect sense. That was a wonderful yeah. transition yeah. to what I'm doing now. 
It all works. So I often say there is no such, there is no wasted space, no wasted time. Mm -mm. Uh, and if you are willing to spend the time to evaluate it, okay, if you're willing to spend that time, hey, terrific. You know, you're, uh, you, you know, you're in, so to speak, you're, you're yeah. in like Flint, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, that's really fascinating to, to begin to realize that, oh, she's doing this and how, how uh, why, why am I doing, uh, you know, I'm sure that was the question that you were asking. Yeah. Why, why am I doing yeah. this? Why am I doing this? Yeah. And I didn't, I, I didn't see how it had anything to do with the big picture. I thought it was a distraction, like a, like a, an, an extra, just an extra to my life, but it actually it ended up changing my life completely mm -hmm. and moving it in another direction. Exactly. It's fascinating. We're talking with a, uh, <laughs> uh, I almost uh, uh, mentioned something that I'm not doing. We are talking today uh, with our very special guest, Heather Lee Strom. And HeatherLeeStrom.com is the website. You can also, I'm sure, get the book on Amazon through your, through your website. And I'm going to spell it one more time for you folks. It's Heather, H-E-A-T-H-E-R, Lee, L-E-I-G-H, and Strom, S-T-R-O-M. Um, and that's a dot com at the end. And we will be linked to that website as well so that more folks can folks can find out more uh, about uh, what we're doing. Canine Spirit Guides um, is the title of the book. And we hope you'll pick up a copy of it. Um, uh, it is it is just amazing to me sometimes what uh, what people go through now. Um, your specific title is Galactic Canine Translator. Is that right? Channel. Yeah. Uh, channel. channel or trans. Okay. Uh, basically, which is uh, providing you with unique access to some very special um, benevolent healing uh, entities working with humanity through our dogs. This is also a very... Um, challenging time for us yeah uh in humanity today talk to us a little bit about your discovery in that regard to realizing oh this work i have to do this this is important yeah um you know i think we all realize that we're at a turning point right now a very important time in the history of humanity with um where we're at with the amount of violence we're experiencing and not only that but mother earth is standing her ground we've got a lot of natural disasters coming around um so when i asked why now what wh what's the big deal um, wh why come out now? Cause they've been with us since the beginning of time, but they've never wanted us to know about them. Mm -hmm. And their answer is because it's very important that humanity heals and humanity, um, can only heal if we heal ourselves first. And one thing that they're teaching me as I work with them is that they actually, the healing that they're using is actually what they term advanced technology. It's healing that we haven't really understood we had access to before. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this happen um, in other situations where humanity just wasn't ready for certain upscaled technology. And so now they're bringing through this new healing technology that heals very quickly 
And we've always thought that healing took time. We had to understand it. It's a long process. And the canine guides are, are gifting us healing that does not take any effort or any time on our part. We, though, do, do we not have to consciously open ourselves up to receive or? Yes. Okay. That's you. You have to be willing to accept that and you have to be willing to receive it. They can't, you know, nobody can force anything on anybody. Right. But um, yeah, if you want to embrace that kind of technology, then it will happen. Okay. Then I'm going to say, I'm willing, send it, you know, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bring it on. Because uh, I am most curious about what is going to happen in the coming days, weeks, months, quite honestly, years. Um, now, I, I remember telling my my physician, for example, when I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes back three, almost three and a half years ago. He said, Richard, it's going to be a long road, a long journey for you. It really is. I said, no, it's not. I said, <laughs> I, said I know how I got here. See, when the, when the pandemic was declared, about uh, in early March, it was March, April, May, June, and July, five months. End of uh, July was when I was diagnosed. Wow. Everybody went to what? Comfort foods. What is yes. comfort, what does comfort yeah. food contain? It contains lots sugar. of sugar and carbs, mm -hmm. which are then converted into sugar. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, I haven't had a soda since the 23rd of July, 2020. Wow. Which was my big, that was my big thing. Yeah. I've also made some other modifications. Uh, doing great up until March of this year. Uh-oh. Now, I didn't change anything other than the year before, March of the year before, I lost my eldest sister. Oh. And March 1st of this year, I lost my father. Oh. Then May 1st, I lost my best friend of 53 years. He and I went to grade school, high school, and college together, stayed friends all the way to the end, uh, at least his end of this world. Wow. And it has been said, I've been doing lots of reading, that uh, stress can certainly exacerbate your uh, hormones to where your insulin doesn't do what it's supposed to do and up things go. Cortisol, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, uh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. And I've been working hard on it and it has not, it's crazy. It's like, I didn't change my diet. I didn't put sodas back in the mix. I didn't put any sugary stuff back in the mix and yet boom, there it is. And I'm still dealing with it as of this conversation. Wow. And so it's like, okay, I've got to find, I have to find another answer because the answers I've been getting aren't, they're not working. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So this is where, uh, let me get, and again, I am not asking for me here, but is this not the space where an individual such as myself would come to you and say, can you help? Is there anything you can offer? I'm not asking you to offer anything, but as far as the example, is this the kind of scenario you tend to deal with? Well, I tend to deal with deeper scenarios. So okay. if you might've gotten to a point where you realized this might be something coming through from another lifetime. Ah. Because when you exhaust every obvious answer, mm -hmm. then sometimes it's coming through from a different plane. 
I've had um, issues come through from even future lifetimes. Oh, really? Be, yeah. Wow. And yesterday I did a reading and I had um, a traumatic death come through for this gal um, that was a concurrent lifetime in a lower energetic plane. Uh-huh. So wild things happen. And what happens is your soul decides to, you volunteer, you don't realize it consciously, but your soul volunteers you to process that energy in this body right here, right now. Hmm. So wow. really bizarre things can happen. You're like, I don't understand it. Nothing's working. It doesn't make any sense. Well, mm -hmm. then that's energy that needs to be um, um, transmuted from an, maybe another lifetime or another experience. And so, yes, there I go. Yeah, they've, that's what they unravel right there. Well, there you go. That's something that I am going to need to uh, start to uh, look at and and say, okay, so I will, I'm going to start doing that because obviously what I have been doing hasn't been working. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I'm not going to continue to repeat the same, uh, same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I've got to do something different. And, uh, and, and I, so I'll, I will continue. And I'm another area that we talk about on this program quite often, uh, uh, Heather is, is we ask people to go uh, spend time during the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, we ask them to spend the time going within. Mm -hmm. All right. And we ask them to do that and uh, spend that time, uh, spending time listening to that still small voice. How large a role does the intuition play in the work that you do, whether it's your intuition or the intuition of, and I, again, I always wonder whether, which is the right word here, your patience or, or now since you've, uh, you know, you've retired from your practice, your, your clients, are you, are you asking what I'm connecting to when I do the session or? Actually, I'm asking not so much what you're connecting to. I'm asking how important oh. connecting to the divine through going within and listening and being still and, and, and being quiet and, and so forth. How important is that? Oh, yeah. Both in, both in your process, but also in the process of people who seek you out. Yeah, it's really important, but you know, it's not always easy to do. And one thing that I figured out through this process is we have to remove the baggage. <laughs> we have to get the pain out of the way because it's taking up room. It's taking up residence in our energetic space. And we need to pluck it out so that we connect, we can connect more directly and more easily. And it is. Once you get the space cleared out, it's really easy. Mm. So, uh, now, once you get the space cleared out, um, is that as challenging as if I were a hoarder trying to clear out my house? No. <laughs> not, not with the canine spirit guys technology. It happens very quickly. Now, your ability to believe it would be the most challenging part of it. 
Ah. Because, you know, we just have that that rhetoric that we run in our minds and we have to just let go of that. Because what we assume to be true is not necessarily true. Mm. But yeah, I agree with you going inward. I mean, that, that, that still point that you find and that, that total connection and actually connecting with your own raw soul. I had never seen my soul before the canine showed it to me. And I describe it in my book. I thought that I was in the presence of God. This, this space was so powerful and peaceful and quiet. It was incredible. I didn't Mm. even want to leave. I didn't want to move. I didn't, I didn't ever want to leave that space. And I thought I was in the presence of God. And I asked, is this God? You know, (laughs) and they're like, no, this is you. This is your soul. And I'm like, how much better is God then? Holy crap. You know, (laughs) you know, I mean, I had never experienced that part of me and it was huge. And ever since I've had that experience, I realized that most people on this planet have never experienced that or else you would not be able to, no one would be violent or hateful because in that space, the only thing that was in my mind was love. That's it. That's it. It's the only room there was, it was for love, total unconditional love. So if we were connected to that part of ourselves walking down the street, you'd have room for nothing else. So that's oh, kind of man. where they want to get us, you know, and, and we've got to remove all the stuff that's keeping us um, disconnected and keeping us separated from that part of ourselves. How long have you been seeing people as the, uh, the, uh, the galactic, uh, where did I just see that? The galactic uh, canine channel. How long have you been uh, facilitating uh, with people? Just since, just since this January. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's fast. That's how fast it is. I'm not kidding you. Wow. So fast. have you stayed in touch over the last uh, 10, 11 months with the people you started with? And have they shared with you, um, whether it be subtle or dramatic changes in their lives since they were able to clear away the stuff uh, to make room for the things that they really want and find their souls or their life's purpose and so on and so on and so on. Yes. um, Some of them have embraced it fully and they've moved forward on their path. Other ones, it it breaks my heart. They, um, they sort of coasted on the, the new frequency for a couple of weeks and then they rebounded because Mm. what happens when you receive a healing like this is you literally change your address energetically you elevate your energy to a different frequency and it's like a change of address so unless you unless you complete that forwarding address form you can't hold that frequency you can't stay there you have to commit to that new frequency that new home so some of them are feel like so different that they want to feel the way they felt before because that's familiar and that's what they like so they end up sliding back to that old address oh wow so that's well, what I try and prevent. And that's that one thing that the canine guides do with these sessions is they send them home with a recorded 
um, healing portion of the work that I do with them. And they give them instructions on how to continue working with that frequency to keep them moving forward. But, you know, honestly, they, they really need to be, a lot of them need to be coached and mentored through this process, which is why I have a mentoring program to follow along, um, follow after the healing sessions, because it's really hard for our, our egos and our psyches to really embrace what, how fast the spirit can move. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest part. Yeah. You know, I have shared on this program um, over the 15 plus years that we've been doing this program, I've been interviewing for over 40 years, people who are uh, out there trying to make a difference in the world and change their lives as well. And I've shared my perspectives, especially when it came to, for example, money, you know, um, some will use the word prosperity, abundance, et cetera, et cetera. And I shared, I would share this particular example of uh, having this big old toolbox and I keep putting more new tools in it almost every day. Right. Yeah. And yet I don't seem to be making much headway, especially in the, in the material world on a monetary level. I mean, I mean, I pay the bills. I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm on the streets or anything. I'm a, I'm a, a working homeless person or anything. And it's like, this woman said to me the other day in an, in an interview that I, I did with her. And she said, because I had interviewed her before, this was her second appearance on the program. And she said, you know, you shared with me that you were content with the way things were. She says, the only way that you are going to be able to expand is that you are going to have to, and I'm, these are my words. Now you're going to have to change your mindset. So as of yesterday's interview with this person, as, as per our conversation here, I want more. Now, I don't know yet whether saying I want more is enough. And yet at the same time, it's like, that is not going to be my prime motivator because I love what I do. And I'm fortunate in that. My father instilled in me that when he said, Richard, you need to find something you love doing because you're going to be doing it for a long time. Don't get (laughs) stuck like me. Now, my dad didn't stay stuck. Okay. Um, And I have, I have been fortunate. I mean, I consider myself very blessed and very grateful for the fact that I have found what I love doing. Now, I would still love to go back and be a paper boy. Even at 63, if it were like it was when I was a kid, but be that as it may, I now am saying, hey, universe, I'm not content anymore. I'm not ungrateful, but I'm not content with the status quo anymore. I want more. In order for that to happen, are there things that I need to, and again, this is not asking you for insights per se, but in a general sense, does the person who say she wants to shift their mindset to something such as what I'm describing have to clear away? That's where the clearing away has got to begin in order to be able to receive that more. Yeah. Cause you're talking about frequency. Everything's energy mm-hmm. and you have to be able to hold that energy. And that's where, and and even the example I gave of the clients that slid back, they couldn't hold the energy. They lacked the skill. They lacked the experience. They lacked the belief that they could. Mm. So money is energy. It's frequency. 
if you don't have enough space in your energetic field to hold it, you won't hold it. Mm. It's not a mindset, it's energy. So the work that I do clears your energy field and it teaches you to hold more energy because these guides are huge energy. When you work with them, you're learning to handle more and more energy. And as you do that, then you can absorb more energy, including money mm. or anything else. Right, right. And I, I, I think that the one concern I have probably had for a very long time, again, part of the old mindset is uh, that if I were to become a wealthy individual, I would turn out like some of these people who really don't give a rip about humanity. It's like, I'm just going to get as much as I can. Whereas I, I not only want to take care of myself and my family, my wife and, and our situation, but I then want to turn around and I want to help other people. Uh, you know, uh, you know, yeah. give them a, a hand up if possible and maybe not handing them a check or cash, but saying oh, you have a situation where you've got this, that, or the other thing. Okay. Well, maybe I can help you with that. Yeah. That, and that's the flow of the frequency. You, yeah. You're sharing the frequency and it's just the ego that says, but I don't want to be like that. It's the ego that's, that's holding that space. So the uh, ego has to take yeah. a seat on the other <laughs> side of the room and keep its mouth shut and yeah. let you expand where you need to expand. Yeah. And of course that, that whole principle applies with anything that we, we would like to have in our lives, but we don't now. And would you say that you need to figure a way to phrase the, am I saying, uh, phrase the intention so as not to reinforce that attitude of lack? I don't have enough of whatever it is. Well, yes, but that's part of the healing. So mm -hmm. that's a tag. I don't have enough or I'm not worthy or, or, you know, that's a tag. And that's part of what the guides remove because when they, I was playing that number repeatedly throughout my entire life and I never could get it to be quiet. I never could get anything to, to, I was trying to stuff it down. Mm -hmm. Well, instead of stuffing it down, they just lifted it out. And so now it never comes back. It's never in my head. Those those old thought patterns that used to go round and round in my head are completely gone. It's silent in my head now. It's the most beautiful sound ever. <laughs> but, you know, that's I think that's what we've been taught is we need to stuff that stuff down, make it be quiet. And now instead, what it is, is it's just ripping it out and saying, adios, I don't need you anymore. And it's a completely different direction with it. Now, you say this all happens fast. And of course, in our world, in our uh, in America in particular, uh, we want the quick fix that uh, you say it happens fast, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a quick fix per se or or is it? It, it can be a, it. Well, it can be. It depends on what you allow, what you're open to. You have to allow the energy to work with you. And if you are totally allowing and you just give trust to it and faith and, and you're hundred percent in, then yes, it will just like it did with me. I mean, why am I any different than anybody else? Mm -hmm. What about your, um, what about your upbringing and the philosophies that, that you were raised with? I, myself, I was born and raised, uh, uh, in the Roman Catholic uh, Church uh, with my first wife, I was introduced to the Byzantine rite 
of the Catholic Church. I was a Baha'i for for a while in the early 90s, uh, which was really kind of cool. I've considered uh, some level of uh, uh, incor- incorporating of Judaism, you know, that kind of thing. Hinduism. I mean, it's like I just don't have a specific thing. But uh, what about you in, in terms of how you have developed and 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 how you have progressed philosophically throughout your life up to this point? That's a great question. Nobody's asked me that. Um, well, so my father was a preacher when I was born. He was the Church of Christ preacher, and my mother was Methodist. <laughs> oh, that was that's interesting. Yeah, because <laughs> I know um, about both of those. I was working for a Christian station, and uh, so I'm quite familiar with both okay. of those. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and and they were when I was born, they were both missionaries in in the the ghetto of New York City. So I was actually born in the Brooklyn ghetto in in the '60s, and um and you know we had nothing. We our our apartment was raided twice and in, in two in a month within thirty days, and they took everything, even the food. So you know we we were dire straits. But um, you know my father had some falling out with the church and then he became a, a, a counselor, a psych- psychological counselor and a marriage counselor. And, and then he was arrested. <laughs> he's, he's had a, a long history and this is all in the book, mm-hmm. but um, I, and I just always felt like I went to church and everything, but I always felt like it just wasn't enough. It, it, it didn't feel real to me. Like it just felt like, there was something more than what I was being shown. And I, I went through the, whatever it is, the classes they put the kids through in Methodist um, church where they want them to join the church. And so I did those classes and I got ready to join the church and they said, now you've got to devote your life to the church. And I was seven. And I said, what? I'm only seven. (laughs) (laughs) Hold the phone. I'm not making a commitment like that. I'm only seven. Yeah. So I never did it. And um, when I was in college, I, jo- I did join my Episcopalian church because they had a really wonderful community and it helped me through a really tough time. But still, I just felt like there was more. And I, my whole life, I felt like there was no religion that could hold everything that I knew intuitively about God and about me and about humanity. Nothing had ever come close to what I intuitively knew to be true, which I couldn't really articulate. I just knew there was something out there. And so I just, now I have this direct line to the Holy Father, you know, how, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to consider it, it's just a direct line. I don't need an interpreter. I don't need a church to tell me, you know, what, what it all means because I'm plugged in. So um, now I understand how I felt back then. Mm-hmm. I understand why I felt that way. Um, and, you know, religion isn't bad. Everybody, ha- you know, needs to have a way to categorize, you know, their, their beliefs and and their support system. So it just wasn't for me. I, it never was enough. Mm. Well, I can, I can kind of relate to that. I, I have often thought that I'm missing out on something because I'm not following a person, okay? Um, not, not in terms of I'm not following Jesus. No, that's not what I mean. You have people who uh, flock to and and um, uh, connect themselves with these personalities 
when I was working for that Christian station back in the 80s, early 90s, you know, it was the height of televangelism. And you had your Jerry yeah. Falwells, your Jim, Ta Jim and Tammy Bakers, your uh, uh, Jimmy Swagger. Um, uh, on the radio station, we had people like uh, a gentleman by the name of C.W. Burpo. Um, we had, uh, uh, I, I still get a kick out of this. This is how kind of how he sounded. Reverend Bob McElroy from Ontario, California. <laughs> uh, we had uh, J. Vernon McGee and his Bible studies. I, I learned that he had, sent, this was before his passing, uh, that he was 25 years ahead in his uh, recording of uh, Bible Bible studies uh, that he had uh, uh, at, at his facility or what have you. Uh, I mean, then the list goes on. And then there were those local ministers and pastors. Matter of fact, I still remember one. His name was Harley Howard. He gave me my first Bible, which I still have, by the way. And it's all marked up, highlighted and everything, which is kind of cool. <laughs> um, but I never latched on to any of these people. Yeah. And I've often thought, am I missing out on something that I can't seem to find the person that I and I'm thinking, but it's not about a person. It's about a message. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 like um, in, in my last interview that I did, we were talking about Jesus and, and referencing the fact that uh, what people who follow him don't seem to understand is he wasn't a Christian. <laughs> he, he was a Jew. He was a Jew. Yeah. And now I've often said that if I was going to follow Jesus, I'd be a Jew. <laughs> right. Okay. Not a member of Jews for Jesus. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Just I'd just be Jewish, but I'd still maybe participate in and practice some of the many uh things that they do Friday night. I don't and I'm not even trying to name some of these things because I know I'll probably be wrong. But you've got uh, you know, the Sabbath uh on uh, I think it's Friday night, it starts and so forth. And you've got uh, when someone passes away, there's another ceremony. Of course, I do know the uh, bat mitzvah and bar mitzvah uh, for both the uh, girls and boys who reach age 13, which in our country doesn't really mean anything. Because according to my understanding, the, the bar mitzvah for a boy is when you become a man, but they don't treat him like a man. No. He's a 13 year old boy. Yeah. You know, uh, but anyway, so um, I, as I said earlier, I was a Baha'i for a year and a half and I was, you know, I was this close to becoming a member of the Baha'i faith, but I couldn't make that final step of accepting the founder, Baha'u'llah, as now I could accept him as a messenger because I love the phrase that they have, the, the saying that they have that he has, has, has quoted as saying, when you, if you accept one of the messengers of God, you accept them all. If you reject one of the messengers of God, you reject them all. Now that's a tough pill for a lot of folks to swallow, yeah. but I think that it's absolutely true, but it's not about following the messenger it's about following the message. Yeah. You know? So that's interesting. Um, I, I, my sister, my eldest sister who has passed on, she was born and raised Roman Catholic, but her husband at the time that they were together was church of Christ. And I'm thinking, wow, going from one extreme to another. 
Yeah. Because the Church of Christ doesn't accept much of anything. No, <laughs> no music, no music in the church. Yeah, or, I think of no instruments, no instruments, uh, among other things. So uh, it's fascinating to to uh, to listen to some of the uh, these perspectives. So today, here you are. We're we're in the 21st century, uh, Heather. 21st century. Yeah. Um, we're in uh, as we're our conversa- as we're conversing here. It's no- the month of November, 2023. I'm curious as to, especially in light of what you do now. And the channeling that you do for the as a galactic canine channel, um, you remind me of two people in history. One is Edgar Casey. Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> but you, unlike Edgar, who, when he was in his conscious self and mind and body did not like what he was doing. It was contrary to his Christian upbringing from what I'm recalling. Yeah. Then the other one was a gentleman by the name of Johannes Graber. Uh, He wrote a book. It was a channeled book called communication with the spirit world of God. It is a thick, it's a thick book. Okay. The one I had, and I wish I still had it, but I lent it to someone and never got it back (laughs) was like onion paper. So it was something else. And I even shared it with my mother. And at the time, she, being still involved with the Catholic Church, did not care much for it because the channel was not too complimentary about the Catholic (laughs) Church. But Johannes Graeber was a priest in the Catholic Church. Okay? (laughs) So there's there's the dynamic there. Uh, But you... Did you accept it right away? I mean, I know you've only been oh, yeah. doing it for eleven months, but you 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 accepted it right away. There was oh, yeah. no no doubt, no doubt, no at doubt, all. no doubt. Because I had I was desperate. I'm like something's coming. What is it? I was searching for eleven years for the answer, and it just dropped in my lap. And I went, "Thank you." I took mm. and I took it one hundred percent, and never looked back. Mm. Wow. Heather Lee is my guest. Heather Lee Strom. HeatherLeeStrom.com is the website. The book is Canine Spirit Guides. We hope that you will. uh, She's got a uh, YouTube videos. uh, She's got her social media. She's all over the place. Uh, And and the website is Heather uh, Heather, uh, HeatherLeeStrom.com, which I mentioned earlier, we will be linked to. And, um, uh, you know, it's fascinating the path that you have traveled. Uh, it's interesting to to talk to you having only, and this sounds kind of weird, but having only <laughs> been, shall we say, doing this uh, for less than 11 months. Yeah. Began in 2023, which obviously is a pivotal year for you. This year's been a pivotal year for me too, but I thank you so much for sharing uh, the story here. And I'm curious as to, what you see, if there's anything you can see on the horizon, I know that that's a difficult, I'm not asking you to necessarily predict the future, but are there feelings that you get over uh, what might might be for you in 2024? Oh, things are going to move very fast. You're talking about for me personally? For you personally, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speed is coming. <laughs> uh-huh. There's okay. going to be workshops. Um, 
retreats. Um, people once people figure this out and um, they're going to realize they they need it and they want it and it's 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 so easy. Then there's going to be masses flocking to it. Absolutely, that's what they've shown me. Well, I will tell you that I am intrigued to that extent. I, I would love to uh, talk with you further about this, uh, not necessarily in another interview, although I'm certainly open to doing that. But in terms of pursuing this, because, man, oh, man, I would love uh, to take advantage of whatever opportunities uh, that I have in this life. I've I've really tried hard to uh, when when I'm offered, uh, for example, um, uh, opportunities to meet with you know, at a, a remote location, for example, um, I remember having the opportunity, although I was not able to, for uh, other reasons, I was not able to meet with uh, the last remaining teaching disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda, a gentleman by the name of Sri Kriyananda, who had written several books, and uh, he had passed away before I had a chance to uh, to meet with him. He was actually speaking at uh, the Ford Amphitheater down in Los Angeles. And um, unfortunately, we couldn't go down there. And um, I, I just like, oh, I, I really I mean, it's not like I was going to follow the guy, you know, it, that, not, you know, but it was more I, I wanted to meet him. I wanted to be in his presence and feel yeah. that energy. Yeah. And um, I'm grateful for Zoom, but it's like, boy, I really would like to have people in studio. And because the dynamic, the energy dynamic yeah. is so much different. Yeah. But I thank you for sharing with us and sharing your story here. And I encourage people to get the whole story by getting a copy of your book. <laughs> and you can work with me. I've got workshops coming up and I have a free download on my webpage where um, that will tell you if your your dog is actually a servant of the canine spirit guides. So be sure and download that. Oh, I'm going to do that. I'll do that when we're done here. Well, I'm Richard Dugan. You are listening to Tell Me Your Story as we are talking with uh, Heather Lee Strom about her book and the work she's doing through K9 Spirit Guides. I hope that you'll get yourself a copy. Heather, um, I have three final questions that I would like to ask you. Three. Wow. Okay. Three <laughs> questions. Uh, uh, one or two of them are rather perplexing for some, but uh, uh, they're kind of fun. Okay. Some people say, boy, you save the easy questions for the end, don't you? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let me ask you the first, and that is, who is Heather Lee Strom? She's a galactic version of me. What is your life's purpose? Bring as much healing to humanity as they will allow me to. And finally, I always preface this last question. I'm hoping you get the movie reference. Okay. The question comes directly from the movie. So you can Google it. <laughs> what was your best day? Hopefully not Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. I've had so many. It's hard to, um, you know, recently, <laughs> um, the best day was when I realized that life was good. 
Well, I thank you for sharing this day, this time with us here on the program. And um, uh, I know that when we first started, you were a little concerned because it was so late where you are, but you made it through. I made it. <laughs> with, <laughs> with great energy. And I thank you so much for staying with us. And uh, I look forward to uh, to talking with you again in the not too distant future about uh, future endeavors. And maybe we can talk a little bit about 2024, not so much from the predictive perspective, but just, hey, you know, uh, what kind of energies are we looking at? And and how can we tap into them? And um, so I look forward to talking with you again. Yeah. Thank you, Richard. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, video cast. Yes, folks, here we go again. Love to lol. Jeanette, I am listening. Dad, continue to be happy. Smokey, I'll see you on the other side. And to my dear friend Zorro, aho, aho. <laughs>